Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson, coming to you straight from the J Radio studio is the Run for God Run Club podcast, and of course, Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. <laughs> Man, it's been a good week, huh? It has. It's it, been raining a lot. Yeah. I said before we come on the air, I said, it. I can't tell if this is May or April or August because yeah. of all this rain. It's been raining a lot here in the South. But, well, uh, here's what I know. I know that my grass looks better than it has in 10 years. And probably. you have to cut it a lot. And Usually this time of year, you only have to cut it much. Yeah, but. I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. I like I like my grass to feel good under my feet. Yeah. I like to be able to walk in my grass barefoot and it feels good. Yeah, me so, too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, so it, I like the rain. I like the rain. Um, today, we're going to talk about pride and putting it in its rightful place. And then I'm going to talk about why we, uh, excuse me, we're going to talk about why we should not be looking right. for motivation. Uh, does that make any sense? Because everybody's out there looking for motivation, right? Yeah, I, I've, I've, I've read the story. I've read your Dean's thoughts, and uh, it's well-placed. It, it lit a fire under me when I read it. Hopefully yeah. it will a lot of others as well. But before we do that, yeah. let's talk about our sponsor for this week. And first of all, if if you have a business and you want to sponsor the, the Run For God podcast, the Run For God organization, we would love to have you. Uh, we would love to be able to promote your business. Uh, you can shoot an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com and he'll get you all the information. But this week's uh, sponsor is First Bank of Dalton. It's one of our local banks here. Uh, your bank choice is important because privacy and security of your money is important. And whether you're opening a checking account or getting your uh, home mortgage, your local First Bank of Dalton will have the best banking experience you can ask for. No stress, no hassle. So thanks to all the crew down there at First Bank of Dalton for being one of our sponsors. Yeah, amen, amen. I've got a Facebook post. Here's here's one from this past week. Uh, it says this. I swear the sweat off my hat drips faster than this thing. Yesterday was infusion day. MS stinks. Eight hours hooked up to machines and having medicine pumped into my body in hopes that my brain stops eating itself. I guess that's one way to put it. Twelve years ago, I was told a wheelchair was in my future and not to push myself too hard or I would get hurt. I listened. I fell into a deep depression, gained weight, and was dependent on my meds. It's been a long road, and sometimes I let God in, and sometimes I shut him out. I have to say it's easier when you let him in. I didn't join this group for the running tips, even though they are pretty amazing. I've turned away from God. I've gotten lazy. I haven't searched for him in my life. I saw this group and thought, I need some light in my life. Tomorrow is 13 miles for me. I'm amazed at what our bodies can do and overcome. Once upon a time, I would imagine Jesus' hand on the small of my back pushing me as I ran. It was the only way to finish a run. I didn't have it in me on my own. I'm beginning to realize that I don't have to have it in me. 
I have to put in the work and let him push me through to the finish line. That comes from Stephanie Pinchock Marino. Um, Stephanie, that's a it's a great. I mean, just just living with with MS. Yeah, I saw this post when she when she put it up, and I thought, you know, we can we can all learn something from that post. It's all about perspective. Uh, she's been dealt a pretty crummy hand, mm-hmm. but she's making the best of it. Yeah, and that, I mean, to, to be running thirteen miles, that's. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, apparently she's a friend of Rebecca McGeorge, so she's got an excellent cheerleader in her Right, career. yeah. And a prayer warrior. Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca will, will push. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just incredible. You know, I really have a problem. I always have. You know, I, I went through chemotherapy, and I've always had a problem with, with, with doctors. I understand sometimes why they tell you, take it easy. Yeah. But – for some people, that's just not in their nature, yeah. and 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 doing going outside their comfort zone makes them better. Yeah. And and taking it easy for some people can do exactly what it what it did to Stephanie here. Um, it's just not who they are. I, I love to see people push the limits. You know, yeah. can exercise be dangerous in some circumstances? Yes, and I'm not advocating for going against doctors' orders, but some. Sometimes I think doctors say that because, you know, it's going to make you feel better or whatever. But for some people, I'm one of those people, it makes me feel better to do what they say can't be done. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of pride in that. And I've always said any of these chronic diseases um, that mentality is half the battle Yeah. um, to, to hold off that depression or things that you can slip into. Um, so you need to find things to keep you mentally sharp, and and that's half the battle. At least it was for me. Yeah, and, and there's there's so many people out there going through things like this, and you know I've mentioned before Debbie mm-hmm. um, has, you know she's got some challenges, but to, she's getting out get there. Through. But you know I don't know how many days in a row she's gotten in her ten thousand steps. Yeah, but she's been this this week. Our son is in the hospital. Mm-hmm. She's been there with him. She's walking around the halls of the hospital. She's walking around his room. She's doing whatever she can do to get in her, her 10,000 steps. Right. And she's got every reason, not just the fact that she's in the hospital and, and sitting there and just talking with Daniel would be all she needs to do. But on top of that, she's got this lung issue that makes it hard to do. Yeah. She's doing it anyway. Yeah. Not a lot unlike Stephanie here. And, um, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, there's so many people who – they use that as the excuse. And I think that's why doctors do it. Doctors want people to feel like – I think what a doctor is saying is if you feel like you can't do it, it's okay. Right. And so their heart is That's really a better way good. to say it, yeah. Yeah, their heart's really good. I think that's what they're trying to do is, is because there are some people who have a hard time pushing through that. And, and there's some things out there that are prescribed for, for people probably like I was when, <laughs> when I was doing chemo. You know, I took chemo when I was uh, 20 years old. Yeah. Um, I got cancer at a very young age. And two two stories. When I started taking chemo, it took forever. I think my drip was like six hours. Probably like you you know this story. Yeah. Um, probably like Stephanie's. It just, you sit there and you watch it and you're like, oh my goodness, I can't sit here and do this because I'm a doer. And I was, I had, you know, I was very young in the construction business. I had a lot to get done. And, you know, I never wanted anybody to even acknowledge I had cancer. That's that's the way I dealt with it. Um, so I started bringing 
my plans and everything. I had me a desk made out, you know, up there. And the nurses just, they laughed about it because I would make them put the drip on one of those rolling IV stands. So I could get up. I was walking out in the parking lot. I was walking around with my IV. But then one day I was watching her uh, adjust the drip. This is back in the days before they had the digital drip yeah. meters. And it was just a little a little knob that you did a little rolly thing and it adjusted the speed of the drip. Well, I watched her one day and I was like, oh, that's how you speed that thing up. <laughs> now, do not do this if you're listening to this. Let me, so I caught one day when, when the nurse wasn't looking and I just reached up there and sped it up a little bit. I thought, what can it hurt? Well, I was done with my drip in like three hours, half the time. And she came up and she was like, have you been messing with this? And I couldn't lie. I was like, yeah, I'm done early. And she said, this can make you really lightheaded. It could do this and this. And then all I heard was lightheaded. And I'm like, if getting lightheaded will get me out of here three hours earlier, I'm all for it. Well, guess what I had the next week? I had the digital drip that had the passcode and all this other stuff in it. But, uh, but yeah, I'm right there with you, Stephanie. I, I know exactly what you're, you're going through with those drips. It's just, it just makes you want to bang your head up against the wall but uh kudos to you for for all that you're doing and pushing through and keeping a positive attitude it makes a difference it really amen. does amen amen and it's inspiring to others too sure is they're in that same boat for sure and by the way for those of you listening the fact that that mitchell would do that with his chemo bag is not a surprise to anyone that knows him <laughs> at all what are you trying to say dean <laughs> uh Mitchell's one of those guys, you know, you ever heard that phrase, it's better to ask for, for forgiveness than permission? That's uh, that's kind of the, uh, nothing bad. But it's, it's probably not, a, looking back, it's not a good idea to do with a very potent and powerful chemical that's going into your body. Probably, looking but back, that was probably a boneheaded move. But At 20 years old, it's you're a little bit more You know, you're bulletproof then. I yeah. mean, nothing could hurt me. So. All right, we have the trivia question from last week, and it was this. Who is typically taller, an elite 100-meter runner or an elite 100-meter swimmer, and why is there a difference? Did you know the answer to this one after you saw it? I, I did, but I didn't know where you were going with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew the answer, um, but, yeah, I didn't know where you were going with it. It's very, very yeah. interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of people who think that the longer the legs you have, the faster right. you can run. Sure. And it is not true at all. Right. As a matter of fact, if you'll look at the average runner, you'll notice that the average runner is pretty much average height, mm-hmm. right? Uh, elite runners, they're all average height or shorter, mostly. But like you said last week, Usain Bolt kind of changed that perception. It did. It, it kind of can, because he was kind of an anomaly mm-hmm. being so, so tall. He was so tall. Yeah, so it made, made a big difference. Um, yeah, and so... I'd say the average maybe 100-meter runner is probably 5'10 to 6 feet, I would say. Mm-hmm. But Usain Bolt was 6'5". It's mm-hmm. really weird. Um, but the reason why Usain Bolt was so good was because he was able to get up to full speed almost as fast as those shorter guys, which is the reason why tall people have a, have trouble. Because sure. they can't get up to full speed Had a fast. lot of power. And so, uh, but he was able to do that. But then because he was so tall, he could hold that speed longer mm-hmm. than everybody else could. So that's why he was so good at the 200 meters. Um yeah, and then swimming, on the other hand, of course, wingspan makes a huge difference with wingspan. Mm-hmm. And if you look at Michael Phelps, he looks like a monkey. I mean, he's got these long, long, lanky arms. And another thing that I think you pointed out was 
he's, he's got short legs too. Which yeah, I mean, a swimmer, you know, the, the typical person, their wingspan is their height. Right. Well, in Michael Phelps' case, his wingspan is much taller, much much bigger than his height. And yeah. it's because he, he has shorter legs, but a larger upper torso and much longer arms. Uh, yeah, if you look at him, you never really see those shots at him from a distance. And sometimes you don't even notice, but if you now you'll notice if you hear this. When you see the next picture of Michael Phelps, you'll see that his legs are are fairly short but his lungs and upper torso are very long so yeah. uh, that which helps in the pool for sure you know i was listening to a book this past week it's called wheelman it's the story of lance armstrong and all the mm-hmm. doping scandal and all mm-hmm. that stuff which is fascinating by the way you need to you need to listen to that but i didn't know this but cyclists at one time were so conscious of their upper body they didn't want to bulk up in their upper body and you know lance was fairly bulky mm-hmm. in his upper body he was w- much heavier than the average cyclist was that they would wouldn't even carry groceries in from the car. That's a little overkill. That, that, <laughs> that sounded that, like a good excuse for the wife, honey. I can't carry the groceries in. I've I've got a race this weekend. I don't want to bulk up. That's uh, a good one. But that was kind of how how cognizant they were. Their upper body strength. They didn't want to build any muscle in their upper body at all, which sounds weird to us as coaches. We you know we're, we're always talking about making the whole body strong. But I guess in cycling, really, really the upper body is really has no effect on your riding at all so yeah no it's your it's your i mean your overall weight for sure does yeah yeah um but where that weight is it really doesn't matter yeah yeah yeah. so anyway but lance armstrong was different because he came from a triathlon background he started i didn't realize lance armstrong started in triathlon yeah Yeah. Uh, but he started in triathlon and so he he was bulkier because he was a swimmer right and so he had a, a the big upper body that you know, I think they looked at him and thought, well, he's not a cyclist. Look at him. Yeah. You can tell he's not a cyclist. Um, anyway, what what we find is that all different sports, there's a different body type that fits every sport. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it is here for this. So I think about, you know, offensive linemen. Do you realize that the average high school offensive line today is heavier than the average NFL offensive line back in the 70s? Yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon to see 400-pound, an entire line of 400-pounders. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's... Uh, that's crazy. You think it's because of the food we eat today? Do you think that's why, or you think we just purposefully bulk up that much? I, I do think it's because of the food. And, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm going to give you a little lesson here, because I saw you were asking this question. So it prompted me to dig into something that I've always made the comment, but I've never really dug into if that comment is actually true. And I, the comment I always make is, well, it's what they put in the chicken nowadays. Yeah. And so I did a little lesson here. This is this is fascinating. In in nineteen in the nineteen twenties, the average chicken grown weighed three pounds, and it took sixteen weeks to grow that chicken. And the average person ate 30 pounds of chicken in a year. Yeah. So three pounds, 16 weeks, 30 pounds. In 2020, the average chicken was six pounds. And it took seven weeks to grow it. And the average American eats 90 pounds of chicken. Wow. Now, you don't have to be a rocket science to scientists to figure out and 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 i've been in a lot of chicken houses i've been on a lot of farms growing up and so 
I know that it is very scientific. I mean, you can operate a chicken house nowadays from a computer, a laptop computer on the other side of the world. They're putting some kind of growth hormone, I don't know exactly what it is, in these chickens to make them grow that fast and that big. And so it stands to reason that somehow that transfers to us when we eat it, especially when we're eating three times more chicken than we did 100 years ago. Yeah. And so to me, there's a lot of science behind the simple statement that I make, well, it's what they're putting in the chicken. Yeah. It really is. I mean, look at kids these days. Yeah. I mean, when I was when I was in high school, there was like one or two guys that were like football players and they'd get yeah. 250 pounds. Well, nowadays it's nothing to see a freshman at 300 pounds. Yeah. I, I know one. Yeah. And that has to be in the diet. I don't know, you know, there's this was a very quick Google search, so there's yeah. not a lot of scientific method behind this. But I mean, the statistics, I believe, they're true. I mean, oh, I I've know heard, the chickens. I, I, yeah, I've, I've seen them with my own eyes. And I've heard that before. Yeah. I've heard that. About they the grow twice before. as big in half the time. And, yeah. And I did. But one thing I didn't realize is how much more chicken we eat. But again, Three times. it stands to reason because we've gotten so efficient right. that chicken is so cheap now Yeah, that that's part of the reason. Do you think part of the, yes, there, there's certainly some, some growth hormones and things they put in, but there's also selective breeding as well. That's part of the reason why they grow faster as well, is that, you know, they take chickens that grew faster and they mate those two chickens. You know, that, that's there, I'm sure there is, and I'm sure that's the what they like to use for the yeah. reason. But if if you go in a chicken house nowadays, there's a drip irrigation system, and there's all talk about IV bags. That's yeah. basically what you're you're pouring in some of these uh, these dish. I don't know what you call them, but it's basically an irrigation system that they drink from. Yeah. Well, it's not water. Yeah. It's some concoction that the the chicken companies send to the chicken houses to put in these drip irrigation systems. It's Gatorade, isn't it? It's got something in it. I mean, it it does. The food is very, I mean, everything about a chicken house is so scientific now. Yeah. You know, back in the 19, or the 1920s, chicken house was basically just a place where they could go and they were out and roaming and going in the chicken houses and back and laying eggs and um so it's uh it's it's pretty fascinating to see these to see these stats in real life i mean yeah. i've always heard it but yeah at least google says that that it's true yeah well i yeah. mean if google says it it's got to be true right yeah, it's at least a 50 50 chance that's what abraham lincoln said <laughs> so. well we've got a we've got a challenge coming up right Coaching the Marathon Challenge Challenge. Coaching the Marathon Challenge Challenge. And if you're listening to this now, we're one step closer. If you are a member of Run Club, log in and go to the coaching tab. Uh, we're, we're, We're beginning to lay out the process of how you can do this in your community through Run Club and joining this this January, we've got a goal of 10,000 people starting us for the Couch to Marathon Challenge in 2022. And we have a link up right now where you can go in and, and kind of see how we're going to do it, uh, some instruction on how to do it. We've got a, a system in place where it should be in place by the time this podcast comes out where you can you can go in and, and put where you're doing your class and it'll populate a map and a pin where you're at so other people um, who are looking for classes 
can go find out about you and where your class is and where you're going to be doing this because we're really going to be pushing that map to uh, just the general population out there. Um, so if you remember, go to log in and go to the coaching tab. And like I said, there's nothing to do today. I mean, you can go online and buy a coaching kit, which, by the way, if you're a member, you get at half price. Uh, you can do that today. But all we're asking right now is be praying about it. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really seek counsel. Talk to your family because uh, it, it is a big commitment, but it's a commitment that is so worth it. We see it time and time again. I've experienced it. You've experienced it. But coaching, teaching, facilitating, leading, whatever you want to call it, it will change your life as much or possibly more than the students or athletes in which you're teaching or coaching. So, uh, the yeah, the coaching the marathon challenge challenge. If you're listening to this, we're challenging you. That's right. To get on board and join us this January for the Couch to Marathon Challenge in 2022. And let me assuage one thing. What is assuage? I've never heard that word. Oh, sorry. Assuage. Yeah. If you're out there and you're worried about the time commitment to this, here's here's what I would say. First of all, we've we're doing a lot of the 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 lengthy work up front. Yeah. Yeah. there's not going to be a lot of planning that has to go into this. Now, there's going to be some up front to plan out the whole the whole thing, but it's not going to be a ton of planning. It's not going to be a ton of time outside of what you would have done normally. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, 100% promise you, you can call me and ridicule me if you like, if this isn't true, but in the end, you will look back on it and go, that was well worth my time. Right. For sure. Exactly. Yep. So the Coaching the Marathon Challenge Challenge – has already started. We want you to join us this January. Absolutely. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at JRadio.com and download the new J Radio app in your app store. All right, we're back. Now, if you've heard some kids in the background, there there's some kids in the studio this morning. They're having some fun. They're running <laughs> up and down. And I love to listen to kids giggle and have yeah, a good time. Absolutely. So that's I know in the past we've had some really bad storms that we've been able to hear in the background. Um, I'd really much rather hear giggling kids than storms. In the <laughs> yeah, especially some of the ones we've had. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Hey, so uh, speaking of J Radio, we just heard a J Radio commercial. Uh, the opportunity to put your your song in the hat for the new J Radio Run for God Run Club playlist is still open. The post is on uh, Run Club. I'll actually go in right now and make sure that gets bumped to the top. We'll keep it at the top. But a lot of great songs being put on that post. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, so Jared, I have his hands full trying to figure out which ones to put in the playlist. But yeah, we want to hear from you. Go on uh, the Run Club Facebook group. Uh, find that post you can do a search in the search bar up there and say you know type in playlist or something like that and it should pull that post up and uh tell us what you like to listen to and we'll we're, we're gonna create a new run club playlist and uh it's gonna be cool i can't wait to hear it it's gonna be great 
Hey, if you've got questions, you can send them to Dean at Run for God. I'll be glad to answer questions if you've got some, so send those to me. Um, if you don't know about what we're doing here, and maybe you were just searching and you found our podcast and you thought, I wonder what this Running for God thing is all about, and you don't know about us, well, we have a website. You can go to runforgodrunclub.com and learn more about what Run for God Run Club is. And I think you're going to find that it is well worth your cup of coffee, a, a cup of coffee a day, a piece of bubble gum a day <laughs> to, uh, to join Run Club and be a part of what we're doing. So, and we want you to share your story because this, we're all about stories. We're all about ev- not just our story. We, tell, we talk a lot about our story and the things that we go through, but we want to hear your story. And we're going to share one here in just a few minutes. If you've got a story, let me take, let me back up on that. You have a story. We just need for you to share it. So, uh, so share your story on our website at runforgodrunclub.com. And uh, we're going to share your story if you send it to us. So we, we get the Run Club folks right to the head of the list. If you submit your story, we put you uh, as soon as we can get you in. So how should we look at pride? Of course, the Bible says that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit behind, uh, before a fall. Uh, so we definitely have to be careful with pride. So this story comes to us from Dalton, Georgia. Have you ever heard of Dalton, Georgia? Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his name is Dan Strange, and he tells this story. It is called Pride and Priorities, A Lesson After the Finish Line. I arrived home after the Run for God run at the mill, both exhausted and still riding high from the entire experience of the morning. However, I was not too exhausted to keep from carefully laying out my shirt, medal, and bib and all the other items collected during the course of the past 13 weeks. I was a proud person. I had finished, even though there were times when I seriously doubted that I would. I stood admiring the items that I had laid out in such a great, neat manner on the table. Gosh, was I proud. I even thought about getting a shadow box and putting it all inside and mounting it on my wall. Yes, I thought, that would be really nice. My family and friends and even strangers could see it when they came to my home. Funny, isn't it, how we swell up with pride at even the smallest of milestones. I could already see myself leading my age group at the Boston and New York and Atlanta marathons. I admired these trophies so much that I just had to take a picture, not just one, but several. I just had to capture this moment and preserve it forever. And then it hit me, much as other thoughts had during the course of my training. These items are only trophies. They're not the reason I joined the class. These items are not the items of significance that I really brought home. These items will shortly fade, but there are lessons learned. The quiet time in running that, you, that only you and the Father share. The struggles of my training and how that related to a closer relationship with God. Learning that in my moments of greatest weakness, His strength was always available to help me carry on. And a thousand more lessons were the real trophies of this journey. Unlike the items that lay so neatly out on the table, no lens of any camera can capture the meaning of the trophies of this experience. It is only through the eyes of others that the significance of these lessons can be seen, and I sincerely hope that when others look at me, uh, that this is the case. If not, my journey has been in vain, 
and the important finish line is not in sight. Hmm. So that's a great story by Dan. Dan's a great friend. Um, he's actually the guy that he's the one that always makes the birdhouses out of the metals for oh, yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think Feathered Friends is, is the name of his little company and uh, just an incredible guy. Yeah, yeah. It's okay to be proud of how you persevered. <coughs> I think I don't know if I mentioned it on here, but I, there was a, a – uh, we have a Bible study group, and um, after I had done well in the track meet, they all kind of clapped for me, and they, they asked me, are, are, you, are you proud? And, and I said, yeah, I am proud. Right. Um, but we have to be careful with that. I think there's uh, proud and there's prideful. Yeah. You know, proud is a, a yeah. moment where you're proud of something, and, but prideful is a, kind of a state of mind, a mentality that uh, that, that is very dangerous. Yeah, yeah. It was my my i think in my case i was thinking okay so I'm, every every race i ran after the winning um or even after that 5k they would talk about me during the race mm-hmm. you know there was an announcer and he would kind of give the play by play during the race and and so there as he's talking about who's on the track people are watching the track and so people are watching this this you know old guy running around the track <laughs> With this big old billboard on his chest that said, run for God. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully you, you hope that that ultimately is what people sure. saw. In sure. Matthew six nineteen through 21 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. <laughs> That's that 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 has always been obviously an important verse, or it wouldn't be in the Bible, right? But it becomes more and more important every year, doesn't it, in our society? Yeah, and, and <clears throat> we actually wore this verse out a few months ago. Yeah, on this very podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you talk about in your notes, you know, where we are as a society with excess. Yeah, um, we've got a thousand storage facilities, one on every corner. Yeah, and I never thought about that till I saw your notes. That when I was growing up, there weren't many warehouses ever. I mean, there was right. a few. Yeah, but everybody has many warehouses now. Everybody has dry storage or climate control storage, and it's mm-hmm. see, I, I'm of the mentality: if I haven't seen it or touched it in one calendar year, it needs to be gone. Um, and you live by that. I wish I could. I do. And, but, I mean, it kind of goes back to the, the chickens analogy that we talked about. That yeah. You know, we eat 90 pounds now a day versus 30 pounds. You know, they're growing faster, all that kind of stuff. Is it any wonder that America has a 36% obesity rate? Yeah. No, it's um, not. Because, I mean, excess is a killer. Yeah. And if, of anything, really, except for Christ – Excess can be bad. You know, Luke twelve fifteen says, and he said to him, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. Wow. Um, basically, what, what that's saying to me is it doesn't say in the, con, in the consist in his possessions. It says in the abundance. Of, it's okay to have things. Yeah. But there, there gets to be a line of do you, do you really need all that? And then that comes down to the – I mean, that exposes a lot of things. And I think part of it, too, is is how thankful are you for the things that you do have as well. Right. That that, that 
I look at, I, I've probably told this story on here before. I My first new vehicle I ever owned in my life, I bought when I was 53 years old. Yeah. I had never bought a new vehicle because my, my attitude was I'd, I didn't want to spend that kind of money. Well, right. I, I bought a new vehicle and I've got one today. And, um, you know, I take extra good care of that thing. And, sure. And I'm really, really thankful. Every time I get in it, you know, it's like I'm thankful yeah. for, for what I have because, because of that. Um, but today, we live in this disposable world. Yeah. Where, you know, we buy stuff to throw it away. Yeah. And so it's it's harder to be proud of proud of what I don't know if that's the right word, but it's harder to to appreciate what you have these right. days because it's so easy to get and then throw away. Well, I mean, I think this was instilled in me very from a very young age from my dad and I can remember, you know, we I grew up on construction sites and and there's a tool that you use really only one time for the whole job, and it's a set of post hole diggers. Most people know what post hole diggers are. They, you drive them in the ground, and you just dig a, a circle hole. And you would use that at the very beginning of the construction job when you're putting the temporary power pole up. You had to yeah. get the post hole diggers, dig, put the power in, and get the power for, for the job site. And so you only used it once, really, on the whole job site. So I will never forget, it seemed like every new house we were starting, those post hole diggers would always go missing. You know, it's like, because they've been put away somewhere, laid somewhere, you don't know where they're at. And I remember dad would just look frantically. I mean, he would drive from the job site to home to another job site. He would drive everywhere looking for that set of post hole diggers. And I remember thinking when I was a kid, they're like $25 today's hardware, just go buy another set. Yeah. But that wasn't who he was, and, and now that's not who I am. I will I will drive across the county because it it's the whole mentality of he saw that as excessiveness. I right. have a set. Right. I need to do a better job of keeping up with them, and, and he did that to himself, And which that, that is something that is quickly fleeing in yeah. our society. And to your point, yeah, I mean, everything's disposable now, and if you – if you can't find it, just go buy another set, and that's that. That's eroding some very good characteristics in our society. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wish I was easy because I, I keep stuff that's broken a lot of times. Here, here, this happened yesterday. So yesterday, I'm on a trail run, and I fell on the trail run. Well, I broke my sunglasses. They were kind of still held together, but you could tell I couldn't fix them. Well, most people could tell I couldn't fix them. I didn't have my, my reading glasses, so I couldn't really tell, but it right. felt like there was no way they were going to be able to be fixed. I carried those for about a half a mile before I finally just threw them away because <laughs> I knew I couldn't use them, but I carried them. I'm like, I'll, I'll carry them back to the truck. And then I, I I just I think about your example and so many other people that I know that are a lot like you, and I'm like, I'm not going to fix these glasses. <laughs> <laughs> throw them away and I, so I, I finally did there's being frugal and taking care of things and then there's hoarding yeah 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 <laughs> yeah and i'm closer to the hoarding side uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah I, I, we've got this kid in our neighborhood and um i worry about this this boy he's uh he's very he's a lonely kid he's always by himself but all he ever talks about when you when you get him to talk about him and we try to share a lot of things with him and try to have a good impact the whole neighborhood mm-hmm. everybody tries to take this kid and have a good impact on him all he talks about is his stuff and and about the stuff he can't have but he wants mm-hmm. and um, kids just they take things for granted 
when they look at that stuff. The stuff that he's thinking about down the road is stuff when I was a kid never crossed my mind, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, just the the importance of stuff mm. to a kid these days is is a little bit scary. Yeah, but. Matthew 6.33 says this, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. That sounds so easy. Yeah, I mean, this is... Think think about who's writing this, though. I mean, it's it's being written by a man who is very wealthy. Yeah. I mean, Matthew, as a tax collector, was a very wealthy man, but he's he's not talking about material wealth here. Yeah. You know, I think some people can take this verse and they twist it. And, mm-hmm. and pervert it and it's it's not meant to be talking about material wealth all these things being added to you is spiritual wealth mm-hmm. and that is better than spiritual wealth will give you a better return than any investment you could ever buy uh, it can't be lost it lasts for eternity and most importantly it creates joy and peace which cannot be purchased with money Yeah, you know there's so many people out there and I, I don't know why Got. It seems like the past couple of years, um, you know, we all we all have the opportunity to interact with with wealthy people from time to time, and in our community, we've got some wealthy people that that I know and interact with on occasions, and I, I know who those are. I know who those people are, and I know where many of them stand spiritually, and that's that's a. It's kind of a sad thing that on a, in a lot of cases you can correlate those two. Mm-hmm. Um, many times, not always, and, and I'm not casting a broad net here. Right. But many times people are, are extremely wealthy because their focus hasn't been on Jesus. It's been on whatever else. Yeah. And it seems like those that I know who... I know where they stand spiritually, and it's it's not on the side of Jesus Christ, but they're extremely wealthy. I see something in them now, in their eyes, talking to them. You know, they're smiling, but I can see the emptiness. Yeah. Not not saying that in a derogatory way, saying that in a it-concerns-me way. Right. Um, I talked to one yesterday who, very wealthy man, but I would I would not trade my relationship with Jesus Christ for what He has any day of the week. Yeah, I mean, very wealthy. But the value but he's is not even bankrupt. Close. There is nothing in there, and and I don't know why. Maybe it's my age. Maybe it's just getting getting deeper in the Bible, like I've done for the past few years. But you can see it. Yeah, and it's it's. It's concerning, and and it and it it really puts something inside of me, an urgency to share. I mean, the gentleman I talked to yesterday was in his eighties, yeah, and it makes me wanna and maybe 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 God's putting that on my heart right now, yeah, to go sit down with this guy, as uncomfortable as that may be, because you know the way I look at it is, well, he's got all this money, he's not gonna listen to me. Well, that's the devil. Yeah, that's right. That's the devil planting that seed in my mind. I mean, I know that right now. Um, but to to Matthew's words here, seek first the kingdom of God and spiritual riches 
will be given to you. You won't be spiritually bankrupt. Yeah, what Matthew has given us here is an alternative to worry. Worry is so prevalent in exactly. our society. Yeah. And a lot for a lot of those rich people, that's what they're worried about losing that wealth. Sure. That's that's a consuming thing for them. And what what he's saying is instead of worrying, mm-hmm. seek the kingdom of God. Right. And, and you'll you won't have to worry. Right. Philippians four nineteen says and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, in this case, Paul just got through talking about how uh, generous the Philippians had been. Um, and he knows that they have a really good heart. Um, and it, in all of that, everything is tracking where it needs to be. Um, and, he, and he says this in that context. A lot of people look at this and, you know, they think, well, God's going to supply everything I need. What he's saying is, because you guys have been faithful, because you guys are focused on on Christ and the right things, God will supply the things that you need. Not the things you want, but the things that you need, right? Right. Um, yeah. I, I, I like this, this thought, but we often misinterpret it, I think. Um, question. What treasures are we willing to share with the world after we cross the finish line? What treasures are we willing to share with the world after we cross the finish line? That's these stories. All of these stories that we share from people, what, that's what it is. Yeah. It's stories from after the finish line often. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I told you this story. Um, I, and it's, I like how you said, just like Dan experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, Landon and I, we're uh, <laughs> kind of funny, you know. Landon's 15 now. He's um, he he needs a little work on his driving. Um, but we were driving what what will soon be his truck. It's a it's an older model, little Toyota Tacoma. Driving up the road the other day, coming up Beaverdale Road beside my church, and uh, it's like I know all of these little houses up through there. You you probably have them in your head. There's yeah. some really neat little houses up there, and it's a, kind of an older genera- generation up through that section of of town and um landon was driving and i just happened to see one of the older gentlemen that i see out in his yard all the time have no clue who he is but he's got this little neat well-kept little house on the right hand side of beaverdale road if you're going north and he he has a little old snapper side by side like a like a rhino i don't know if you've ever noticed it but um it's just really old and uh but i saw the guy laying on the ground and I know I knew he was old, and um, so I told Landon, I said, "Turn around up here." I said, "Go back." I said, "That that man's on the ground back there. It's obviously fell, and I don't know why." Uh, and there was yeah. a weed eater laying beside him. I'm, I'm thinking heart attack, something's going on. So we turn around, and uh, <laughs> Landon, it took four driveways before he could finally slow down enough to turn around. And <laughs> anyway, so we get back, and so by the time we get back to this guy, Landon pulls in. Uh, the guy's up. He's over by his little side-by-side uh, golf cart thing. And I said, are, are you okay? And he said, yeah. I mean, just it's like, what are you talking about? I yeah. said, well, I just saw you on the ground right there. I said, it's obvious. He said, oh, I just fell down. <laughs> I said, okay. I said, do you need anything? No. And then he goes into talking. This guy's, I've never been that close to him. I mean, I've always just seen him driving by. And he went on to tell me his name is Cyrus Morgan, um, and he's 94 years old. Wow. 
and he's out there weed eating a ditch that's I would even have a hard time weed eating in this ditch and he uh, he owns his his house on the right side of Beaverdale Road which I always see him but he also owns a house across the street he has six acres and he mows all this himself Wow! and uh, he started telling me that the house across the street is where his wife grew up and um, that that's her art studio and uh, I looked and you could see a painting in the little sunroom on the house and so we were continuing to talk and and then it starts to really hit me that um, he's talking about his wife as she's in the house across the street but she's actually in a nursing home but you would there's only a few things that let me know that the rest of his conversation was like she's across the street yeah and this gentleman is one of those people where we sat and talked to him for probably 30 minutes just hearing stories of how he was the principal of North Whitfield High School when it opened he was the principal and just story after story after story and I told him, I said, Mr. Morgan, we got to leave, but we're going to come back and see you. And he said, please do that. He lives alone yeah. by himself, 94 years old, mows six acres every week. Wow. And so we stopped by again the other night and, and talked to Mr. Morgan. He was sitting on his little front porch, and we pulled up, and he's just got so many stories. Yeah. And I love, you know me, I love talking to old people. And, but he's, his treasure Mr. Morgan's probably got plenty of money, at least from all appearances. He's got plenty of money. Yeah. But his treasure is stories. Yeah. And it's that's awesome. It's it's I, I don't know that's, why I told that story, but it's just great. it's it's no, we it's, first of all it's it's awesome that he loves to share stories, but it's why it's so important that we take the time because there's yeah. so much to be learned from that generation. We take the time and sit down and talk because we're so busy i mean the day we stopped i was needing to get home to something yeah but god just put him in our path to slow us down you know we've talked about this on here before so sometimes we just need to slow down and talk to an old man yeah Uh, it made my day when i lived in south georgia i lived in a little town called tai 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 old town very 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 small town 600 and something people and there is a dividing line in, in Tai Tai um, where on, basically on one side of the road is where all the black folks live, and on the other side of the road is where all the white folks live. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it, it's just – it's as clear a mark. It's, it's just crazy. Old right? town, South Georgia. Yeah, old town, South Georgia. There's this, this old black man that used to sit on his porch all the time. And I would – as I was coming in for a run, from a run, it was – he was only – I don't know, a quarter of a mile from my house, not very far from my house. And we always waved, and, I, and one day I decided I'm going to stop by and, and talk with that man. And I sat there, just like you said, and he would tell one story after another, and it just got to be... Mesmerizing. It did, and yeah. it got to the point where when I got through with runs, if I had any extra time at all, I was looking for him to be on that porch so yeah. I could stop and talk to him because yeah. it was so much fun. Yeah. But you're right. The way he would tell those came straight out of his heart. It's, you, you can't learn what you learn from the older generation. You, you can't learn it on Google. 
You can't yeah. learn it on YouTube. It's just a wisdom, a very deep. I mean, ninety-four years old. He's seen things. Yeah. He's experienced things, and he has a tremendous amount of wisdom. And he's given that back. But we got to be there to take it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Another question: What are the items that we treasure during a Run for God class? Friendships. Yeah. Yeah. Suffering together. Yeah. There, right? Then there's that. There's that. Yeah. Uh, you, and that's that's part of why those friendships become so strong, right? Right, because when you do something hard with somebody, you know, it's, there's special a special bond. Yeah, it's no coincidence that people who serve in war together mm. come back home and they're lifelong friends. Sure, because they went through something hard together. Yeah, um, that's a yeah. If you've ever, I'm sure you've talked with folks in the, in the war and, mm-hmm. and, and just how how they develop all those things and overcoming things when you do that together. Um, it's just really special. Um, yeah, and then understanding that God wants us to be healthy, I think, is one of those things that I think people realize, people know it, but in a run for God class, it manifests itself. Well, you see the parallels. Yeah. 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 Yep. Another question Does God's goodness and faithfulness to us motivate to put Him first in our lives? Well, it should. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to lose sight of, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, it, it should. It does. Yeah, it does. But it, this is this is that vicious cycle. Yeah. Um, it's like we have amnesia when it when it comes to this point. We, I, we've talked about it on here before. We, we don't lose sight of that when it, um, when we do the hard things in training. We we know the benefit. And we know that when we do the hard things for Christ, there's a benefit. But, and we, and we see the parallels. I mean, this whole this whole ministry is based on those parallels. But so many times we don't let what we learn here bleed over to here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do go hand in hand. Our our struggles in running a five k and what it takes to get there, or a marathon, or a ten k, or whatever distance is really very similar to the struggles we have in this life trying to ultimately get to that heavenly finish line. Yeah, and we're meant to notice those things. I you know, <laughs> I don't know how many times, you know, I used to ride, I would ride every once in a while with that milkshake group, you know. On, a cycling a group. Cycling yeah. group. Yeah. And I, uh, you know me. And you loved it, every yeah. minute of it. I, I just don't like riding in big <laughs> groups. And I could remember time and time again, we would get through with a ride, and somebody would say, did you see such and such on the side of the road? And I'm like, nope, didn't see a thing, because all I saw was the wheel in front of me, yeah. and that's all I cared about, right. and I just didn't want to wreck, yeah. and that's all I spent my time doing. Well, that's why I don't enjoy the milkshake rides. Mm-hmm. It's not because I don't enjoy riding with people, or I don't enjoy uh, riding a bike, I do enjoy those things, and I love it when I've got a group of three or four people, mm-hmm. and I notice all of those things. And you know their competency. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that too. But we're meant to, in life, to see all those things. Sure. And we so often are so focused because of whatever it is. In my case, it's I'm scared I'm going to wreck, right. right? And for a lot of us, that's what it is. There's a safety blanket where we're worried about becoming sick or getting hurt it's just a lot of times it is a safety thing or it's it's something else god doesn't want us so wrapped up in what we do that we miss all the beauty that's around us 
just like in a run. You know, we're me- I think we're meant to enjoy the beauty when we're running. And or like Mr. Morgan. I mean, or, I, I yeah. sat and thought about it. He's lived in that same house since he was married. Huh. So let's say he's lived there for 70-plus years. And I thought the other day, I mean, think back to when he first moved in. I mean, vehicles moved slower, much, much slower. Yeah. And people weren't as in a rush to get places. How many people pulled in and saw him back in the 70 years ago? I just happened to see him because my 15-year-old son was driving. Yeah. I wonder if I was driving, because we are so distracted. We, mm-hmm. I'm kind of getting off on a rabbit trail here. I, we just need to slow down. We need to slow down and look at all the opportunities God has laying around us. I mean, I have no doubt Mr. Morgan was was God sent to teach me something. Yeah. And it's that this life is not about getting to the next thing and rush, rush, rush. It's about slowing down and enjoying the the people, the things, the scenery, the everything that God has put all the way around us. But we get so hung up on go, 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 go. And that's just that's yeah. just not where you hear from God is it's not in the go 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 because the truth is in the end when we notice those things god enriches our lives oh man when yeah. we pass them by he he can't because because we didn't do our part so it's it's and then we can't help it when you see that you know now that you've stopped and you've talked with with him you you can't help but see all the stuff around you yeah i mean i think about the just two people that pop into my head that have probably influenced my life in this way the most over the past few years is is Mr. Morgan, a 94-year-old man that I saw on the side of the road, and Mr. Manus, an old man who used to walk everywhere that I would pick up. He had nothing. But, man, that, that, that guy impacted my life so much, and I thank God that I just happened to see him when it was storming one day yeah. on walking down the road, and I picked him up, and I started picking him up. You know, God rest his soul, he died a few months ago, but he enriched my life so much, and he had nothing to give yeah. other than his stories, yeah. and just goes right along with, with your comment that yeah. what do we want to give, and it's, it's, our, it's our stories, our wisdom, what God has enriched us with. That is what God enriches us with. It's not the stuff. Yep. It's not. While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, so track season is behind us. I know that breaks your heart because I know how much you love track meets. But never so fear, sad. cross country is here. Yes. So. Did you come up with that? Yeah, you like that. Yeah. <laughs> but never fear, cross country season is here. That's good. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, of course, we've been working with athletes all summer trying to get them ready for cross country. Sure. Um, we got some big, big seasons coming up. Yeah. Um, the Lane leaving the uh, high school team has... 
not just him, but some others yeah. have decimated that poor team. It's, um, it it's, may be a building year. It's gonna. We got some good prospects. Yeah, we've got. Yeah, they're going to work hard. Yeah, they're going to. They're still going to win the region meet. I'm predicting that right here. Well, right good. Now. Yeah, good. And the girls are going to do it too. And good. So, uh, yeah, double double region winners. Um, I've seen some. I've seen some. Man, I've seen some really hard working athletes this summer. I was sharing with you one of our girls that she was at our high school last year, and now she's running with me at the college. Yeah. Who did something really really special this this week? Um, I. I got goosebumps because I just love seeing these kids. But she's always been such a hard worker. Yeah. You know, hard work over time produces special things. That's right. We've always said that. Yeah. Um, I would rather have 10 hard workers who are not quite as talented than one really talented who who are not hard workers. Yep. Did I say that right? I would rather have one. I would rather have one hard worker. Who has the potential to be talented than ten talented yeah. who are not hard workers? Yeah, yeah. I said that wrong, yeah. but you get my drift. Yep, I love I love to see hard work. Yep, we say the championships in the fall are one in the summer, so you True. know that's we, we're teaching kids that delayed gratification. Same thing that we do in a five k challenge class sure. or anything else. Delayed gratification is worth it, and in, unfortunately, it's a dirty word these days. But not to yes, run. We're we're special that way. All right. It's time for Dean's Thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. So let me ask this question. Do you have trouble getting yourself motivated to run? What do you do when that happens? Well, this might be an unconventional thought, but I'm going to say it. I call this one discipline over motivation. I hear it all the time. I just can't get motivated to exercise. I get it. I understand. So quit trying. What? That's right. Stop trying to motivate yourself to run. Do you have to motivate yourself to go to work? How about doing the laundry? Are you watching motivational videos to get yourself jacked up to mow the lawn? (laughs) Those are silly questions, aren't they? So what makes you do the things I just mentioned? Discipline. Well, that and the fact we want to eat and we don't want to live in a pigsty. (laughs) But we do it for logical, reasonable objectives, right? Well, why not look at running the same way? Please don't hear me say that being motivated is useless. I love being motivated. And there are times when when I'm really excited about something. In just the last week, I lost sleep partly because I have been excited about something that I'm going to be working on for this fall. And that feeling of being motivated for a few days will have lasting effects. Inspiration is great, and it will certainly help us on our road toward our goals. But there's one problem with motivation. It isn't always easy to find. And that's the problem with relying on motivation to get us out the door to run. Moments of inspiration are few and far between. Oh, there are many places we can go to find it, but those things lose their luster over time. You may be able to find a website, for example, that posts inspirational quotes or stories, and they often do exactly what they're designed to do. But sometimes it doesn't work. Maybe you've seen today's quote before, or you don't feel like it applies to you. So what are you going to do now? Well, you go do it anyway. 
Once again, there's nothing wrong with enjoying a great story that makes us want to run, but I think that should be icing on the cake, not the main ingredient. The cake itself is the discipline. It should be the first reason you run. You do it for work. You do it for laundry. You do it for the lawn. You do what it takes because it's the right thing to do logically after taking everything into account. You know, the Israelites were a lot like us. They wanted to be motivated to look forward to the next day on their trip to the promised land. It wasn't enough that they had seen fire by night, a pillar of cloud by day, the sea parted, and literal food rained down from the sky. They were looking to God to be motivated by the newest thing, even though they had every reason to believe that God was going to provide all they needed. You know the benefits of running. Why should you need to be motivated by an outside source to convince you of the efficacy of it? It's like the Israelites looking God in the face and saying, what have you done for me lately? Quit trying to find daily motivation and look for daily discipline instead. I know it's not as fun, but it is more effective. But also remember that you don't have to ignore opportunities to find motivation. You'll find plenty of motivation along the way. Like when we follow God, he shows up in big ways, often when we least expect it. Motivation will find you sometimes when you're not even looking for it. Discipline leads to motivation, but it doesn't work the other way around. Choose discipline first and watch it all come together. I know this one was right up your alley, right? You know how to get me going. <laughs> how many times have you heard that? People just can't get motivated. I just can't get motivated. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those one of those statements that really gets in my crawl. And if if you're not from the South, you may need to look that up. <laughs> you know, we've become a self-serving society mm. of titles and what can you do for me yeah not I, I say we've become i mean the children of israel of israel were there you just talked about it you know I, i'll do it but you need to motivate me and what is my re, what is my reward yeah. you know um my wife was telling me i didn't get to go to our youth get together last night at church holly and i both lead a small group uh, but Landon, two days into school, got quarantined, so I stayed at home with him. But she was telling me uh, they did a, a sermon series on the on the three James of the Bible, and um, James, the brother of Jesus. It, it, she was telling me about the kind of the point here. It kind of goes along with what you said. James, the brother of Jesus, never referred to himself as James, the brother of Jesus. James, the brother of Jesus, he referred to himself as a servant of Christ. He could have used that title probably to his benefit back then. <laughs> sure he could. I'm the brother of Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, really. really. But was. he never did that. Nope. He he was a servant of Christ. Billy Graham hmm. referred to himself often as just a North Carolina farm boy. Yeah. Not the greatest evangelist in recent history. You know— Today, we get tied up in knots if our run doesn't record on our watch because we can't upload it to Strava or Facebook. <laughs> Is it not enough to do the run? 
and, and I'm stepping on my own toes here. L- listen to me. <laughs> um, we've got to learn to check our motives. You know, are we are we doing things because we should and it's the right thing to do, or because we'll get something out of it? Um, are we going to church because we want to edify others and grow the kingdom, or because it can help our business? Yeah. Um, one is serving and the other is is self serving, and and yeah, I mean you're. <laughs> Your story just gets me tied up in a knot it's because it is. It's it's so prevalent nowadays of, you know, people people have a handout to give you hand up, but they've also got their hand out for what can you give me. And and that is not how Christ modeled for us. Right. Uh, that's not how uh, James, Billy Graham, I mean, there's, there's these giants of the faith that every one of them said this is not how you do it. And there's and but there's a place for that. I mean, that's I think that's important to to also recognize. There's a place for that. You know, the Billy Graham ministry had he not negotiated certain things, sure. You know, wouldn't sure. have been what Billy Graham Ministries was. But that wasn't the wasn't focus. his motive. That's right. Wasn't that his motive. Wasn't his motive. Yep. Uh, and many times, and I'm like I said, I'm stomping on my own toes here. Some sometimes, um, our motive's wrong. Yeah. And we, we need to check our heart. Yeah, yeah. Um, Very often, I was thinking about it. I was just kind of thinking about this whole this whole thing, and I thought about Michelangelo. You know, when Michelangelo painted the Sistine Chapel, that took years yeah. to paint. I mean, it's, it's it's humongous. Michelangelo at the time didn't even consider himself a painter. Right. I don't. Did you know that? No, I didn't, I didn't know, that. know that until yeah. I, until I looked at this uh, looked this up. He didn't consider himself a painter. He considered himself a sculptor. Right. Uh, but he painted one of the most famous paintings in the enti- on, on the planet. You know he didn't want to paint it. Right. He, he wanted to sculpt. That's not what he really wanted to do. But he felt that he sh- this is something that he should do. Um, here's how bad Michelangelo didn't like doing what he did. He wrote a poem because he, you know, he did a lot of different artsy things. He wrote a poem about how bad it was to yeah. paint the Sistine Chapel and about how hard it was to look up constantly for years. A lot of times you see, you'll see paintings of him laying on his back on scaffolding, painting up. That's not how he painted it. He painted it his, his, with his head. Think about that, painting a ceiling constantly for years. Um, it, it had to be hard, but he did it, and people are still talking about it today mm-hmm. because – he just kind of powered through and did it because it was the right thing to do. And a lot of times, the things that we go through today that are tough, the times when we're having to crane our neck and look up, when we're trying to get to that marathon finish line, all of that time that you spend is worth it after it's over. Yeah, it's it's about what you can put in, not what about you can get out. You right. know. I, I'm gonna step on some more toes here, but I, I I do not like it when I when I when I hear people say, "Well, I'm leaving the church because I'm just not getting fed." Oh yeah, it's not what it's all about. No, it's not. Will you get fed? Absolutely, but it comes after you give, you you pour into the church, you get involved, and um. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm and, right there with you on that one for sure. It, yeah, your story just. 
hits a nerve with me. But it, it's 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 well put, and it's and we we all need to get something from it. And if it's if it's stepping on your toes, then it should. Uh, it's stepping on my toes, and and but many times those are the best messages. But it's not the ones we want to hear. And I hope a mess the message came through here. I am not saying to unsubscribe to a Facebook page that gives you motivational quotes. No. Not at all. I think those things are fantastic. I love them. We share them on this podcast every week. I love, love, love those things. You just can't rely on them is what I'm saying. Right. If I relied on my pastor to to call me every morning and tell me, open up your Bible and make sure you do your quiet time this morning. Yep. <laughs> But that's how many. That's how we look at things so many times yeah. nowadays. It's it's personal responsibility, you know, and, and that bleeds over to our fitness many times. It bleeds over to every area of our life. Um, we want we want somebody to do it for us. We want to take the easy route, and sometimes we just need to be the Michelangelo and just just get in there and do it. Just do it, um, and the reward will come. Yep, it did for him. That's right. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You. Yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, we're back in... Am I at a line yes. to say that I can't <laughs> wait for the Olympics? <laughs> it's only three years this time. <laughs> it's not four years away. It's Where is it next time? Paris, away. Paris, and is that right? Next time, yeah, Paris, yeah, Paris, and then and then back to L.A. L.A. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, at least something good came out of the pandemic. You know, with, with all this stuff, it postponed the Olympics, which we didn't like. But now, after the Olympics are over, it's like, well, it's only three years to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but again, it's cross-country season. We got Ryder Cup coming up this fall. Do you watch Ryder Cup? I don't. I love, I don't know really, why. Really, the only golf I watch is the Masters. I, I don't know so. why. You need to watch Ryder Cup. I don't know why I love the Ryder Cup so much because I'm like you. The Masters is really the only golf match I watch. Now, I watch our, our college teams are very good and i like to follow them that's about it i just made the comment to our women's golf coach that um this nelly corda that just won the olympics Mm. in in golf she's the number one golfer in the world i'd never heard her name before i pay so little attention to it but um Ryder cup is different there's something awesome about the synergy between golf this laid back kind of almost uppity sport at times and this patriotic get fired up get behind your your country thing that just <laughs> it's a, it's a neat combination so yeah check that out if you haven't checked that out so lane's going to be running cross country this fall we were just talking about his training schedule and all all the how all that stuff meshes right. together and he's 
in North Carolina right now yeah. um, with some of the some of his teammates doing some running and um you gonna be able to get to his meets this year? <laughs> yeah, it's it's not like high school. These, no, these meets not. are a little bit more spread out. Uh, <laughs> but I did, and and I'll say this live on the air: Did they do away with the home meet? I did. They really? I, I don't know. I didn't see it on the schedule. Um, I hope not, because that's on our schedule. Is it? Yes. Well, we we need to talk after then, because yeah. I didn't. And somebody even commented because I was seeing Andy's post where he, where UTC actually posted the schedule, and it's not on there. But a schedule that Andy had sent me earlier, it's on there. So maybe maybe it was a typo. Don't get worked up too yet. Yeah. Just yet. But uh, but yeah, I mean he's he's going all over the place with these collegiate meets, and uh, so that'd be fun. I, yeah. I'm excited for him. Uh, You'll love this the, the the meet in Louisville that they go to every year. Yeah. You know, I take our team there as well. Yeah. And uh, you've never seen a cross country meet that size in your life. Really? Oh yes. And when I say it, I say it, and I'm telling you how big it's going to be, and you're still going to go there and go, oh, my. Really? I can't believe it. Yeah. It is ginormous. Yeah. It is the biggest meet I've ever seen. Well, it'll, so be, uh, fun. it'll be fun. Different distance, you know, 8K. That's Yeah. I still can't when <laughs> Lane starts to spit these times off at me because, you know, he's already tracking everybody. He's already looking to see what everybody's running, and he'll, he'll start giving me 8K times. I'm like, Equate that to a 5K for me because <laughs> I don't know the 8K times, you know. Well, 5K, 8K don't really, you know. Well, give me a range, you know. Yeah. Is if if you if you tell me 28 minutes for an 8K, that that doesn't mean anything to me. If you but if you say that's like running a 14 minute 5K, then I can say, oh, okay, well, that guy's fast. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, relative you want to know relative right, right? Yeah. yeah 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 how's your running going it's going good i need to hear that story you just had um i i, I do i spend a lot of time trying to amp myself up and uh but yeah it's going good i'm in, i'm enjoying some of these longer runs um not enjoying the hill stuff i'll be honest um i never have enjoyed the hill stuff even though i was in better shape um but yeah, it's going good. I'm, I'm excited. I, I love getting on the Facebook group, even though I don't. I don't comment. I'm not a big commenter, uh, but I love seeing the excitement and the energy and, gosh, what people yeah. are going through and uh, the races that they're signing up for. It's it's just if if you're not, I'm going to give ourselves a selfish plug here, selfless plug. If you're not a member of Run Club. That Facebook group alone is worth the, worth the price of entry. Amen. There is so many conversations that happen on there, and I just I'm like a fly on a wall sometime in there. You, you may not think I'm in there, but I am. Yeah. I'm seeing what you're saying, yeah. Uh, and it's it's so encouraging. Yeah. Uh, talk about motivation. You know, sometimes we we shouldn't rely on it, but you get plenty of it. Yep. Right there. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, it's, it's going good. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, something that hit me recently, this is a whole completely unrelated subject, but, you know, we had several years over the past five or six years where you had a bunch of running movies. Right. I haven't seen a running movie now in a couple of years. That's true. So it's just like it was We're due. boom, 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 and then nothing. Right. It was, that's crazy. I don't understand why that happened. Maybe the market got saturated with running movies, and now everybody's staying away from running movies. I don't know. <laughs> of course you got all the the christian movies the remember the goal and the perfect race and overcomer and run the race and there's a bunch of there was those a, were all great movies well well 
well done movies yeah uh but mcfarland usa not a christian movie but good movie it's a classic yeah prefontaine chariots of fire is kind of it was i don't chariots of fire were never was never meant to be a christian movie yeah but it is yeah because that's what the story is about so. right there's a bunch of them out there um you ever heard of the loneliness of the long distance runner um nope i thought you probably had <laughs> That's a that's an that's a movie. That's a black and white movie. That's how old it is about running. Yeah, huh. called the loneliness. Of, well, actually, I mean, that's for your generation. Though. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. It was a book by a guy named Alan Silito, and uh, they made it into really. Movie, so, yeah, never heard of it. Yeah, it was a, one of the famous running books from years ago before running was popular. So they need to make a movie out of Once a Runner, though. That's where they need to make a movie. It's my favorite running book. So never uh, read it. Yeah, I do need to read that one. Yeah, I've I've heard you talk about that one a lot, so I yeah. need to read that one. Trivia question for this week, and this week I'm going to give a true or false question. I don't know if we've ever done that before. You better be quick on the draw, then. That's yeah, yeah, no kidding. Fifty percent chance of getting it right. That's true, <laughs> without even looking the answer up. All right, if you're a runner, you are much more likely to one day need knee replacement. True or false? And you need to send that to dean at runforgod.com, not Facebook Messenger, not customer service, because you're going to get a lot of quick answers on this one, yeah. I have no doubt. Yeah, sounds like it, probably. But yeah. I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a good one because I hear this all the time. Mm-hmm. So opens up good discussion. All right, every week we share a reason why running is so awesome, and this week this is what this is what my thing is because we just talked about it running movies i love running movies i it makes me want to go out and run i can watch prefontaine and i'm like i gotta go out and run i gotta go find a track and do a workout right. you know it's like uh and then of course you got you have books as well but, uh, but yeah. i really i love movies uh it's it's uh it's, it's good stuff so that's just one more one more reason there's so many why running is awesome because when you see a movie, and you are a runner, and you see a movie about running, you understand that movie better. Right. right? So makes the movie better. Motivational thought of the week. Progress is impossible without change, and those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. That's very well put. Yeah. From George Bernard Shaw. I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I never heard that quote before, and I saw that, and I'm like, I, I really like that. Yeah, you got got to be willing to change. So before we sign off here, mm-hmm. let's circle back to something. The coaching the marathon challenge challenge. We're, we're going to keep beating this drum until January. It's what August. Yeah. So we're going to keep. I know that there's people out there listening right now who they have this feeling inside them. Maybe it, maybe it's in the sinking of their stomach, and and they they know maybe, maybe God's saying hey pushing you mm-hmm. if if god's not i am yeah um but if if you're feeling that sense of this is very uncomfortable that's exactly where you need to be because mm-hmm. god uses us in the most profound ways when we get outside our comfort zone and i know for many people listening it was for me the very first class i taught and believe me i was having to come up with the stuff as i was doing it we're doing we're doing so much of the heavy lifting for you. It's it's not the traditional 
teaching. You're not going to be getting up there. You can if you want. You can do it either way. You can teach the curriculum or you can simply push play and and play the videos each week. And uh, But the goal is 10,000. Probably starting here in a few weeks, we'll start giving everybody an update on where we are uh, of people who have signed up. I think that's important. Um, mm-hmm. so that everybody on here knows where we're at and the urgency. But 10,000 is what we want to hit. We want you to join us, get 10 people, 20 people, 30 people in your community. Uh, believe me, you may think, well, nobody cares about my running. There are people that are watching you run who wish they could do that. That's and right. you have all the tools to help them do just that and point them to a life with Jesus Christ in the process. So join us, take on the coach the marathon challenge challenge yep i had a guy just yesterday he was walking on a sidewalk that i was running the opposite direction on and as i ran past him um he said i wish i could do that and i turned around and i said you can so uh there's people out there exactly that think they can't but you know better exactly and you can get them you can help get them there all right keep it up y'all are doing a great job um may god bless Every step of every run, go out there and shine your light. Great job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.